Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. Welcome to the Planet X Cinema podcast. I'm Drew Hicks. I'm Blair Hicks, and I'm ready to get crazy. Get crazy? Are you ready to get crazy, Drew? I'd prefer to stay sane if it's all the same. I do too. I'm a very laid back guy, but I watched a film called Get Crazy this last week. Have you ever heard of Get Crazy? No. What's Get Crazy about? Get Crazy it was made by uh, Alan Arkush, who made Rock and Roll High School. You know, the okay. great, great movie with the Ramones. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's not, not Rock and Roll High School forever. No, which does not have the Ramones in it. Correct. Um, which disappointed me greatly when I rented it as a teenager. Um, <laughs> Easy mistake no, to make. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, but Get Crazy is a, it's an 83 film. It's, um, it's like, it, 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 it is nothing at all like Phantom of the Paradise, except for it is like a rock and roll movie. And they made a lot of those in the 70s, you know? Okay. Um, and it's, it's kind of a jukebox musical, but definitely an oddball. Um, it's great. It has Malcolm McDowell playing a parody of Mick Jagger, which is very good. It's good it, has, it has Lou Reed playing a straight up, I mean, a straight up parody of, uh, Bob Dylan and okay. one of the most hilarious things I've ever, ever seen. He spends most of the film in a taxi cab. Uh, free associating everything he sees out of the window. It's very, <laughs> very, very funny. Very good casting. Um, it stars uh, Daniel Stern in wow, a role okay. that was uh, that was offered to a young Tom Hanks. Um, and it's 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 really sweet. It's about a theater that's kind of going under. It's New Year's Eve, and they're putting on one big last show um and so it's kind of this movie review meets uh or or, i'm sorry music review meets sort of the mickey rudy judy garland let's put on a show kind of film and it's really adorable i described it uh in an online group as a muppet movie without any muppets hmm that is absolutely the vibe of the flick. But here's the crazy thing about this movie was that it was actually made, pro- produced as a real life producers. They sold stock to a bunch huh. of Wall Street companies and then in- put it out, intentionally underpromoted it uh, so that it would fail. Um, and it's never had a home DVD release, not because they can't get the music rights, but because they can't secure the actual audio tracks to the film. They don't know where they're at. Jeez. Um, but it is on YouTube, and I would recommend anyone. We focus a lot on um, action, a lot of horror, a lot of sci-fi. That's kind of our bread and butter. That's what we like, but we both like comedies. We like goofy movies. Um, and I came across this thing and I was like, I got to talk about it on the pod. I don't know if we'll ever show it at a planet X screening, but it would totally be worthy of a planet X screening. I highly recommend get crazy. (laughs) 
<laughs> get crazy. Get crazy, baby. Get crazy. That's wild. Um, oh, well, I forgot this one, one more. I'm sorry. One more great casting thing in this movie. Lee Ving, who was <laughs> one of the great punk rock <laughs> aliases. He was the lead singer of Fear. He plays an Iggy Pop uh, analog named Piggy. So, I mean, there was a lot of cool shit going on in this film. And then the producers decided to use it as, like I said, literally a producer's like scheme. So. Bizarre. Um, that's crazy, man. Get crazy. Get crazy. Um, yeah. In in other like I guess Planet X adjacent news, um, there is a new 4K release of Waterworld that just came out. Get out, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Arrow Films, who does a lot of this kind of stuff where they pick up uh, a lot of different unusual sort of forgotten films and then put out just like disproportionately great versions of them. Um, So they they put out a new version of Waterworld. Uh, and it has three cuts of the film on it. I didn't realize there are three extant cuts of Waterworld. Ooh, does so, it have the forgotten Mark Isham score that we talked about in the Time Cop now showing? I don't believe so. Uh, but what it does have is uh, the original theatrical release and then a version that was actually on um, ABC when, uh, when Waterworld came out before it was on video. They aired it as a TV special. Uh, but because the movie is so long, if you've seen Waterworld famously, it's like two hours and 10 minutes or something, or 140 minutes or something. Um, it's like two hours. Yeah, I think it's 140. It's like two, 220, 210, somewhere in that range. So too long and the wrong amount to fit into a single TV block. So instead of doing what they normally do with movies, which is to cut it down for television, they added 40 additional minutes to the movie and then split it over two nights. Well, knowing the production history of that film, I know they had 40 minutes of footage well, laying around. And I, I don't know if this is right or not. This triggered some kind of repressed memory in me. I think that you and I watched this because I think I remember the promos for it. It was a Friday, Saturday night, I believe, television spectacular on ABC where you got one half of Waterworld on Friday night and then the second half on Saturday night, which you know, is wild. I'm not pulling this out of my ass. I think I remember that. I, I swear to God, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh my God, I remember the TV bumpers. Okay, and and no joke, we were obsessed with Waterworld. Still love Waterworld. It's a great film. Still a it's great a film. fucking great film. But we, okay, so, as kids, we were obsessed. We didn't invest so, in that shitty toy line, but we were into it. So get this. Since they had to cut out the nudity and some of the vulgar, the vulgar language of Waterworld in order to... Uh, make it presentable on TV, but then they added all this footage to make it a two-night feature. There is a third cut of the movie, which is all of the additional footage plus all of the vulgarity and nudity. And they call it the Ulysses cut. Uh, So a group of fans got together and cut together the broadcast with the original Waterworld footage and called it the Ulysses cut because there is a scene where the Mariner, Kevin Costner's character is given the name Ulysses at the end of the film. They actually name him. Wow. Yeah. Now, so these guys, Arrow films got all of the actual source footage and legitimately cut together the Ulysses cut. And apparently it's like three hours long. (laughs) It's, it's like the four disc Lord of the Rings 
uh, yeah. DVD, right? Oh yes. God! For Tell for me, the sixty-five people that for the sixty-five people that enjoy Waterworld. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Have you bought it? And can we watch it when I'm in San Antonio this weekend? Uh, I have not bought it, but I'm going to. Obviously, like I, I have to watch the definitive Waterworld cut. I did. I now I heard that that the only reason that people knew that he was named the Mariner was mm-hmm. because of, or the first appearance of that was in the Marvel comic adaptation. Do you remember anything? That, he's never called the Mariner in the film, is he? Uh, I think they call him Mariner, but I think they do it in like a, like the way you would say like sailor. Right, it's a title or an occupation, yeah, I'm, right? I'm almost, I'm almost certain that the, the female lead in that, whose name escapes me right now, shouts it at him. God, we've got to do, we have to do like a, we have to do a Planet X, like big budget thing ever so once in a while where we take like a blockbuster and go like, this is a pure Planet X film. (laughs) Waterworld would be perfect for that. I could talk about Waterworld forever. I love them. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some big budget movies that I'm, I'm a defender of like, you know, like uh, Darkman, I think is a good example. Oh, or Um, uh, Willow. I mean, Willow. My favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a huge budget movie. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited about pod- that though. I mean, I, that is on my Amazon wish list. My birthday's in July. Everyone hit me up, buy me a fancy version so, of Waterworld. You have to get the Arrow Films version though. You have to search for that one. There is a Blu-ray. It's not that one. There's a standard def. It's not that one. Um, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure these are the same guys, by the way, that I'm getting the copy of the Giver that we're going to show. Oh, very um, nice. Because they did the exact same thing with the Giver. There was a bunch of footage shot for the Giver that they cut out so that it got a PG rating. And yes. these, guys, these guys cut the R version together. I have what is called the director's cut. And I don't, it doesn't appear to me to be the R-rated cut, but it is longer than the theatrical cut. I yeah, found a torrent another- of it. Yeah, it's another film where there's like three or four different cuts of it, and it's it's different than the director's cut. So if you look up the Arrow Films version, there are I, I think again three cuts of it. Um, um, I'm, this is I kind of what these guys do. This is kind of what these guys do, man. They did it with Hell Comes to Frogtown. Uh, they did it with the Slayer. They're, there's like they go find these little forgotten classic movies, man, and they do the work. It's it's fucking awesome. That's amazing. I'm uh, speaking of the Giver. We are showing it. Um, January the I'm sorry, uh, February the twenty second or twenty fifth, twenty second, twenty second at Kunstler Brewing. We are we'll be showing the theatrical cut though, correct? I don't know, man. If I can get a hold of this definitive one, I may just run that one. I don't think it's that much longer. It would be fun to see an R-rated cut of that flick. I wonder if how much it would change it. Yeah, the director's I mean, cut. I'll, I'll look at it beforehand. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look at it beforehand and put the word out and, and kind of figure it out. But I think that's something that's kind of cool that we can do is, um, I mean, there's no reason not to show the super duper edition of it. Like, oh no, I don't. I I wouldn't have any problem doing that at all with with any of the movies we show. My God, yeah. the the cooler the cut, the better. So, and we will but be I, doing a we'll we'll be doing a, a, a now showing podcast about the Guyver too. So that'll give us tons of time for sure. To, 
talk about cuts and things like that. Sure. But on this podcast, we don't talk about new DVD releases uh, exclusively anyway. Uh, we take your hypothetical movie title suggestions and we flesh them out into fully formed new righteous trash cinema uh, in a patented process called Planima, Planet Eximoscope, I guess. Um, Patent pending. <laughs> Patent pending. <laughs> uh, you can get us your submissions in a whole bunch of ways. Uh, you can email us, planetxcinema at gmail.com. You can go to our website, planetxcinema.com, and click on the submit button up in the upper right. Uh, or if you post a review on iTunes and you put a, um, a movie title in the review, we will 100% do it on the show. Uh, if you drop us one on Instagram or Facebook, we'll probably do it anyway. Um, just be sure to let us know how you want to be credited. Uh, this week, I have selected a movie title for us. I'm very excited. This movie title comes to us from Kelly Merka Nelson. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. And the title is Hitchhiking to Atlantis. <laughs> oh, it's good. Oh, Ms. Nelson, you've sent us a jewel. It's got a Hitchhike- good turn in it, right? It, Hitchhiking to Atlantis is good. I like it. So obviously there's there's some subversion happening here. Atlantis famously aquatic city fell into the ocean so it's either in the ocean or under the ocean so i don't know how we're going to hitchhike to it it smacks of the paranormal and adventures into crypto archaeology which i like or kind of but also also hitchhiking suggests kind of a fandango road movie which is interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, she also sent us Autobahn's Eye. She did. That's correct. So, yeah. Hmm. She's got a she, – I like how our regular submitters each sort of have a style, you mm. know? Um, it's interesting. It, it, it even suggests a little bit like the Brendan Fraser um, a Journey to the Center of the Earth, that type of film, right? Where you, yeah. you do like um, – it's a pretty simple plot. You have a MacGuffin. It's a destination. It's kind of a, just an adventure movie, right? And you go like, let's, let's have a couple of two dimensional characters. Maybe a couple of them fall in love and they're just trying to get this thing and get home safe, you know? And yeah, yeah. It's like land of the lost or or King Kong or something, right? Where we're like going to the forbidden land, but then we're going to come back at the end. I'd I'd Um, like to challenge us to do hmm. something more because it hasn't, it has a wacky element to it that I really there's a, fl- a wacky flavor there that I really like. Well, um, and it's it, in the title, it's communicating levity, right? It's not, it's not like Stargate, which is very much one of those movies, but just, but Stargate sounds like science fiction-y and epic and exciting, which that movie is, you know, all of those things. Hitchhiking to Atlantis sounds kind of fun. Yeah. It's a little more Irwin Allen-y, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like let's, it's, yeah. I, I, I like mean, I, it. It like could the, even have like it could have like a Buckaroo Banzai kind of thing. I mean, we could go really silly with it if we wanted to. Okay, well, I mean, how literal do we want to be with Atlantis? <sighs> That's a good point. What? Do, yeah, let's figure that out. What do we want to do with Atlantis? What can we do with Atlantis? Um, I mean, it could. Well, okay, I was going to say a couple things, but I, let me throw this out. This could be a farce in the style of History of the World about like Herodotus literally trying to hitchhike on chariots to go to Atlantis and then it sinks in the third act. 
Oh, so what you're pitching is something that's in our immediate wheelhouse. I like that a lot. Good job. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes the rest of this podcast real fucking easy. <laughs> no, that's, I mean. It, it's like a Life of Brian thing about uh, the histories by Herodotus. And he's, he's literally hitchhiking to try and go to Atlantis. Drew, I dare say this could be the closest we've gotten so far at a chance to make a sword and sandal film. Fuck, Not a, you're right. This could be a Jason and the Argonauts, well, but, okay, a, but a fun, goofy version of that, right? Okay, what if, well, hold on. This is good. What you've just said is great. What if, okay, so uh, for those uninitiated or unaware or who just like to talk about this stuff, um, the, like, famously, Ray Harryhausen did the Sinbad movies and they did um, Jason and the Argonauts, right? And a whole bunch of, like, there were a whole bunch of Hercules movies and stuff that got really popular in like the fifties and sixties. They're like super classic drive-in movies, right? They were perfect spectacle popcorn films. And then in the eighties, they kind of became cool again, most famously through clash of the clash Titans. of the Titans. Yeah, obviously yeah. now clash of the Titans took it really, really seriously. What if this was the film that made fun of all of those? If, what if it was like a send up, like a men in tights, uh, hot shots, send up, of sword and sandal movies from the fifties. Very good question. I think um, I think you have to. Ch- we have to make a choice if we're going to do parody or if we're going to take the same tone that Hell Comes to Frogtown takes. And by that, I mean Hell Comes to Frogtown is absolutely a send up of post apocalyptic films, but it's not. It it lives in its own little world. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's. So, I, a parody well, film is is interesting. Um, so can we can we can we split the difference, right? Can we do? I think we can. Can we do a parody film? Okay, like hold on, like, and this is going to maybe be a divisive statement, but like, I think Your Highness is an amazing movie. I love oh, I that too. movie. I think yeah, it's I'm very, fan. very, very funny. Yes, but I think one of the reasons it's very, very funny is the people involved in it actually like fantasy, and like they do some cool fantasy shit, like where that dude puts his hand in the cauldron and then like comes out of the ground and they have to fight it in the arena, and like it's very, it's very good fantasy. They just undercut it with like dick jokes. Yeah, I would, I would contrast it with um, what is it, the Knights of Badassery or Badassdom? Uh, did you uh, see the LARP one? Yeah, the one yeah. about LARPing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it and it was. It was okay. It, it's a it's good mo- effort. I think it's a good effort. It's a good effort. But the difference being that I didn't get the same vibe that it was like a loving send-up of LARPing. It was more totally. of like, let's use LARPing to do like a goofy slasher film. Again, not throwing that movie under the bus. I like I like the previous one. I like that. Like So sort of like a loving spoof of... Seven Voyages of Sinbad. I like this. This is very good. Yeah, and and to to reference our Joe Bob rule, right? Let's do sixty percent sword and sandal movie. Let's actually do a sword and sandal movie that has like good action and fun scenes and fun monsters. But the conceit of the film is that we're watching the shitty adventurers who can't go with the rest of the adventurers on the boats to Atlantis. They have to hitchhike to Atlantis. Like they got left behind or something. And oh, so this they're, is... ha- they're having an odyssey. And then, of course, the end of the movie is they get there and Atlantis is sunk into the ocean or it's sinking into, I don't know, whatever. But, like, right. Atlantis becomes the third act. So what we do is we, we, we lean into a trope. I would think that we lean into a trope that I quite like, which is a movie that has um, a, 
an actual hero who our hero is constantly in the shadow of, right? I love it, yeah. I I mean, I love this trope. It always works. I'm not even going to name movies. It just is a great... Stupid Perseus thinks he's so smart with his golden fleece and his Argonauts. (laughs) Yeah, and his lousy Argonauts. I'll show him in my little canoe here with my... Oh, it's very good. Uh, This is a lot of fun. Hercules. Like he'd be uh, always getting picked on by the other. Hercules <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> That's very funny. Okay, well, no, I like this. Let's let's then let's get some characters. Let's get some characters because I I think we're we're making a comedy, and I like to Can I, build comedy oh, with characters. Is sort of okay. a, I like. That. In that in that spirit, can I suggest that we try to force ourselves to do this movie linearly? Okay, like yes. wait, let's start. Let's start at the beginning and let's try to get to the end. I have my D and D dice right here and uh, spare character. <laughs> I'm not lying. I have a hold on real quick. I have a character. No, let's do it. I like this. Okay, this is very good. Okay, um, so so we open on. In the time before the ocean sank Atlantis, but just sure. barely. <laughs> <laughs> just before. Just barely before the time when the ocean sank Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's clearly the age of heroes. We can get some nice, some nice footage of, like, dudes in togas with swords holding up monster heads. Short, it's like, short togas, though. Very yeah. short togas. Mm. Yes. The togas are short. The straps on the sandals are long. That's the kind of movie I want to make. Yes, and the sexual ambiguity is at an all-time high. The olive oil is flowing. So, so that's good. We kind of, yeah, we'll kind of set things up. And then I think we meet like, yeah, okay, so that's fun. We can do the trope of like, it was the age of heroes, right? But among all the heroes, one stood above the rest. And is it, I guess, is it Hercules to make it accessible or do we just come up with a Greek name? If it's Hercules, we get to use the Hercules joke. That's all I'm saying. I really like it. Um, <laughs> well, okay, I mean, great. I'm, well, if you're going to take the piss out of mythological hero movies, who's bigger than Hercules? Sure. Nobody, right? Well, and this is fun because now later I can cast Dolph Lundgren in this role. Um Oh God, he was. So, was he ever? Was he ever in a um an an um, age of mythological heroes film? Not to my knowledge. The closest he ever got was Masters of the Universe, in which he was awesome. But God, which I um, just I wore out a DVD of that and had to he's buy. He's fucking great, dude. And I'm proud to awesome. do it. If he dies, he dies. Oh, he's so good. I love him so much. Anyway, uh, that's kind of casting against type too because he's sort of like blonde-haired. But we can come up with another bodybuilder to throw in there. I mean, man, well, Sylvester Stallone never would have done this movie because he refuses to make fun of himself. But fucking Sylvester Stallone as a jerk, like Italian Hercules would have been the funniest shit. Like, oh, I slid in the middle line. I was just going to say that in that voice. That's not, let me say it. I want to say it. Hey, I just slid in the middle line. I just wanted to say it once because that was what I was What's wrong, What's wrong with your stables? They're Aegean? No, I can clean that. It's no problem. I can Rock. clean them out. I clean, I'll clean them out. Uh, that was a very bad Stallone. I, sorry about that. Um, well, so we, we 
we play him against um, Eddie Deason, right, or somebody I'm not, like I'm that. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm not racist. My mentor, Chiron, he was a, he was a centaur. I'm not racist. It's crazy. Do you want to? I'm going to let you get as many of these out as you want because <laughs> it's the, the okay. okay. So, you know so, what? Everyone wait, wait. listening, the rest of this pod is going to have a lot of that shit, and we're going to have a really good time with it. Um, I I I I just threw out Eddie Deason like as our cabin boy character. What do you think of Eddie Deason? You think he can carry a film? <laughs> uh, yikes. How old is this guy? Well, he's 61, but when are you making this film where Stallone is Hercules? If you're making it in the 80s, that's Eddie Deason dream I territory. I don't think we're ever going to get Stallone to do that film. He would never make fun of himself like that. That's true. He was he was even doing canon films in the eighties. He was doing over the top. He, he and, takes himself way too seriously. But I mean, I I don't know. Like, okay, maybe we can get him. It it's not important to cast this thing. Uh, Eddie Deason. Uh, I don't know. See, okay, put here, a pin in it. Put a pin in it. I don't want to get on. bogged down. But no, we're we're doing this in order. So in the time of heroes, we can cast this later. The greatest hero was Hercules. But we show him slaying the Nemean lion, doing the trials, whatever. Um, but there were other heroes, great and small, and some very, very small indeed, including whatever. Now we meet our hero who's, uh, I don't know, cleaning the Aegean staples or whatever. I was um, like, I was but, but here's, to the, here's the thing. I want him to, I, I'm worried Eddie Deason is too wimpy. Right. Like, I, what I want is like a bright-eyed, curly-haired, like vaguely Mediterranean dude who's <laughs> like... Or I don't know. We could flip this and make it like a, like a women can fight two story. You know who would it could be, be like great a gal if, if it was it. modern times. You know who would be great would be Jason Manzukis. Would be so good in this <laughs> film. He would just even as Hercules, he would be good. You know what I mean? Like, if he could, yeah, if he could turn down the like disgusting Manzukis humor, because otherwise he's got to be a sidekick. Well, Him that's what could be fucking funny though. Holy shit. That's what I was going to say and that makes me sad that that's so good because <laughs> it means I can't cast Eddie Deason as the loser hero's sidekick. But um no, but if we okay, if we brought this way forward and made it a contemporary of your highness or even a contemporary film, we could definitely get Zook in there as Hercules. That's extremely funny. Okay, because so, then he can do his disgusting like he can make all kinds of jokes about using olive oil as lube and stuff, and it all it yeah. all plays because it's Manzukis. Like, I need more olive oil. Hey, where's more olive? Yeah, oh, I can just hear it in his voice. I tell you what, I want to propose something to you, Drew. Okay. Why don't we make if we if you and I were able to make our sword and sandal comedy film? Why okay. don't we make that film hitching hitchhiking to Atlantis? Today. Let's make. Today, our Today. film, okay. our film. Let's do uh, that. Say somebody gave us the money. Somebody okay. threw a few thousand dollars at, uh, or a few hundred thousand dollars at us or whatever the budget is. Maybe, maybe it's not a $150 mm -hmm. million dollar action film. Maybe it's a $100 million, $75 million action film, something like that. And we're just okay. like, Drew and Blair, go to town. So starting it with a parody of the Conan clip or the Conan quote, Perfect. Jason Manzoukas as Hercules. Perfect. Great. Like, let's just go with that. Like, mm. what would we do? I want to yeah. be a little self-indulgent. I think that'll be fun. 
As opposed to the rest of this podcast where we think only about what other people would like to see in a movie. <laughs> no, that's very good. Okay. So then, okay. So we're in the Age of Heroes. Hercules is the greatest hero. And now we meet our protagonist whose name is, I don't know. Wimp- Wimpius. Wimpius. Now, oh, come on. We're better than Wimpius. This is our movie, goddammit. Oh, well, if it's our movie, it's actually just going to be like full of references to obscure parts of Greek and Roman history, isn't it? Yeah, sure, um, yeah. Um, Ajax the Lesser, which is an actual character from the Iliad. Yeah, and that's really funny. Like, I well, like oh, that. That's even funny, too, if he's Ajax's little brother. Where it's like, hi, That's I'm Ajax. Great. Like, holy shit, Ajax. Like, oh, well, Ajax the lesser. The lesser. <laughs> and they're like, oh. Oh, okay. your brother's incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. I know. He moved a rock that no four men today could move. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, okay. Well, we got to get our plot going a little bit here. Um, okay. So, Are you good with Ajax the lesser? I like Ajax the lesser. Great. So now we, we, we have to give him, here's what we got to do. We got to show him being wimpy. We do that. Uh, we set up the Ajax, the greater Ajax, the lesser joke. Uh, he's got to have, everyone's going to go to Atlantis because Atlantis is under siege and, and call Atlantis calls for help. That's a whole scene, right? Uh, oh, this is a great, that's a great setup for a film though, because it lets you hand wave so much. Well, and the audience, it's dramatic irony with the audience because they go, Atlantis calls for help. And it's like, Atlantis, the the pillar of stability in our world? We must rush to their aid. And the audience is going, ah, Jesus, come on, really? (laughs) The the Titanic calls for aid. Who will aid the Titanic? One of the world's greatest metaphors for hubris calls for aid? (laughs) Yeah, of course. That's great. Hubris is a good name for a character, too. Perfect. Let's write that down. Put a pin in that. Hubris has got to be one of the... Oh, the hubris of the Greeks. It's perfect. Okay. I've I've made a little... Actually, hubris the Greek will be the sidekick that our our hero meets. Ajax the lesser and hubris the Greek. Okay. I, 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 have some, I have someone in mind for casting that I want to throw in this film. I'm not sure where I'm going to put them. All um, right, throw it out, dude. But, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, okay, so Atlantis calls for aid. We're in the Forum or whatever, the Agora, the Acropolis, the whatever. And, yeah, all the heroes are talking about how they're, like, should we fight? Should we not fight? I think we should go, whatever. Hercules kicks down the door, and he's like, fuck it, I'm going. I'm the fucking best. And they're like, holy shit, Hercules is going. Like, let's all go. And then Ajax the Lesser is like, does he want to go or does he not want to go? I think he wants to go. We have to like, well, he's got to refuse the call. So he's like, no, fuck that. Fighting's stupid. The Greeks are stupid. Everything's stupid. I just want to study philosophy or whatever. Drink wine all day. Maybe he's just a drunk. That's kind of funny. <clears throat> um, can it be can it be his buddy hubris who in, convinces him to go along well there's yeah he's got to have some kind of external motivation for doing it i mean the easy one is like it's a girl and she's in love with hercules but he's gonna prove he's just as good as the other guys well no it can be like it can be like his buddy hubris is like we we can go we can be heroes i, I, I don't want to do that and he's like you've been meaning to write that book why don't you write a travelogue you can be like herodotus you can be like your idols you can you can write the great adventure story all you have to do is go on this little adventure with me hmm it's okay 
good. It's a, good. It's a precious comedy. It doesn't need much well, love, of a setup. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really like the idea of like Rick Steves' travel guide to ancient Europe. Um, that's very, right, very right, exactly. <laughs> See Europe on five denarii a day. Like, um, <laughs> uh, but I think it, what we should do is let's look to sword and sandal movies. The motivation for sword and sandal movies is always the princess. You must get the girl. That's yeah, or, or an artifact, right? Like the golden fleece or something. Well, I think the MacGuffin is Atlantis itself. Okay. I think that I, I think that's the way we've set the film up. Um, is if Atlantis calls for aid, then the MacGuffin is helping Atlantis. You know, it's kind of a silly thing. Um, I, I think the motivation has to be get the girl. It's a it's a parody. It's a comedy <laughs> okay, film. Wait, wait. Okay, I have a great idea. <laughs> what if what if the premise is Atlantis is calling for aid because the beautiful princess who lives there has been captured. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe Atlantis. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, Atlantis calls for aid because their princess has been captured and Hercules is like, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I, I would die to fuck that lady. Like, we're going. Like, we have to go save her. And I just like, heard all of that in Jason Manzoukas' voice and yeah, it was We wonderful. have to go now. We right gotta now. go. I've gotta fuck her. Yeah, yeah. like, no, let's see we get. Okay. There's like maybe five chicks I haven't fucked yet. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so they all go off, and the main hero is like, I don't know, yeah, this is stupid. I just want to be a writer. Uh, war's dumb. Everything's dumb. But I, I, what if the messenger who came, well, okay, like, what if, what if the, okay, uh, what if the sword and sandal story is about Hercules going to Atlantis to save the beautiful princess? But our story lives in the shadow of that story where our hero- oh, we're going to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern this. Yes, he does not care about the princess. He doesn't give a shit about what's happening. But for some oh, reason, well then, he is going to go. And I think, I like your idea. Like, he just wants to write and be a historian. Uh, well, you know who or, plays him? And that, that's John Mulaney. That's John Mulaney. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely John Mulaney. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I couldn't, Very good. I couldn't care less about this Hercules. This Hercules, Hercules. don't care. <laughs> I couldn't care less. He's Hercules, more like a Jerkules. <laughs> yeah. I just want to work on my book, Hubris. What's wrong with you? Uh, are okay. we going to... Well, never mind. Never mind. I'm getting too worked up about comedians, so I, I want to back off of that because we, we'll never get plot done. Um, okay. But so. so I like I I like that we it's it's all in the shadows of Hercules, but I think that our I think Ajax the Lesser also has to have his own like pathetic kind of versions of these Herculean feats, right? It gives it kind of a holy grail flavor where it's you know. The feats become absurd. The characters become absurd. Okay. Okay. Wait. 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 This is that. Yeah. No. That's great. Because I'm leaning. Great. I'm leaning on Cabin Boy. Cabin Boy is my new reference because I love Cabin Boy. By the way, I think Cabin Boy is a Planet X film, and I'm going to fight to show it. But I think it's a good. I think it's a good example to follow for this film, which is like, how do you make an adventure an adventure film with a horrible protagonist? You know. Okay. 
So, okay, let me suggest a couple of things. So I like, okay, I like all of this. So uh, I think a, a Atlantis calls for help. That, that line and that is given by a young lady. I'm going to cast her in just a moment. Everyone is like, eh, should we go or not? And she's like, well, I don't know. But the princess sent me and Manzoukas is like, princess, huh? And so he tells her about the most beautiful, or she tells him about the most beautiful woman, the princess. They all like charge out. They don't really care. She's like, don't you want to know how to get there? All right, whatever. Fuck me, I guess. And then who's left? Ajax the Lesser and his friend Hubris. And she's like, what, aren't you going to go with the guys or whatever? And he's like, I don't really want to do that. War's stupid. And she's like, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I'm just a messenger kind of a thing. But I have to go back to Atlantis. You know, that's where I'm from or whatever. So hubris convinces John Mulaney's character that it's going to be the biggest battle in the world. And if he doesn't write about it, somebody else is. So he's got to get the scoop. He's trying to get the scoop on Herodotus or whoever else is going to be there. So now it's a race against time. He's got to get there in time for the battle, not to fight. He doesn't want to fight. And that's the, that's the hero's journey. He's going to go on by the end of the movie. We're going to find something for him to fight for. And I would love if the, if the messenger lady was played by uh, Kate, my, uh, my do you know Kate Mikuchi? Uh She was in The Little Hours. Uh, oh. She's part of Garfunkel and Oates. Yes, 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 yes. I'm very familiar. Yes. Just a super high-pitched voice. Yes. Very funny. Okay. Very funny. She's fucking hysterical. She's yeah, great. Yeah, very funny. She can very, do very, lots very. and lots of work, and she's kind of a very, like, diminutive person. Like, physically, she's very, very small, which I like her on stage next to very tall John Mulaney. Oh, can we get Izzy Suddy in this fucking film? Fuck yeah, dude. Throw him in. Who gives a shit? We're getting them oh, all in there. This is like current good comedian like gumbo. <laughs> like, let's just get them all in there. You know what else I'm going to do is I'm going to get people like Mary Steenburgen in this film too. So Fuck, fuck yeah, dude. Like- I want to cast, I wanna catch, uh, cast John Gabris as hubris. Like, oh, that's very fucking good. Get like a Drew, big- that's very good. Yeah, like a big meathead who's just like, no, nah, bro, we got to go to the battle. <laughs> That's very good. That's very funny. That's John very Gabriel's funny. Like in a, in a toga, just like drinking jugs of wine and eating loaves of bread and talking about how much he's like, bro, when we get to this battle, I'm going to fuck up everybody. You don't even know. I'm going to fucking skull crush these fools. You know what we're doing is we are, uh, we are making the types of like Saturday Night Live films that we really liked. Yeah, it's that vibe. It's it's that the script is vibe. very loose. We're gonna we're gonna have about four or five set pieces in between that. Have fun, guys. Uh, it's we're not quite gonna Apatow it. I want it. I I want the vibe of the film to be a little more scripted than an Apatow film. I really would like the vibe of the film to be like those early '90s SNL comedies. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, let's yeah. let's get into the story then. So we're on the road now. Little Ajax, Hubris, and Kate Mikuchi's my, my character, who doesn't have a name yet. Um, She's like, a, is she like a bard? She has to be like a bard, right? Well, I, mean, I like the I think I think it's funny if she's like, yeah, like she's a slave, or she's like a because she's the one they sent with the message. Like, she's actually, like the lame <laughs> version of the guy who died at Marathon. She's like, I've come from afar to bring you this message. How far have you come? I, I 
about so, five miles or so. I don't know. I've been training. It's, it's like a 5K, maybe. Dude, no, so you, I was just about to say, what if she was like, because famously the dude who ran from Marathon to Athens, he ran like 10 miles and died. What if she was like, always wore athleisure clothing and was like, always had like whatever the primitive version of a Fitbit was on. She was, yeah, that's like, what I'm saying is place. she was like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I ran here from Atlantis. And they're like, didn't the guy from marathon die after running like 10 miles? She's like 10 miles chumps, 150 miles. That's what I did today. Like, yeah. Motherfucker needed to hydrate. That's all was wrong with that guy. Yeah, like, she's always talking about electrolytes and like, she's like carbo loading when they're like, <laughs> so she could like, yeah. It's very good. Hubris so, okay. thinks he's, big stuff and she's like you really need you yeah you she's yeah. constantly like telling him how out of shape he is and stuff that's very funny do you have any idea what your bmi is he's like what the yeah. fuck's a bmi she's like, oh, God. <laughs> that's very good this is very funny okay. oh that's cute well and now i want them to fall in love oh. well no i don't think ajax the lesser falls in love i think hubris does because he wants to be the hero ajax writes the story i like that okay so this is good well pause for a second what what is the ancient Greek version of like a fitness tracker? Is it just like an like a bird that yells at her? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> now we've got Gilbert Godfrey in the movie. All right, fantastic. <laughs> Run faster, <laughs> faster. Um, <laughs> um, Run slower now. Do some push-ups. <laughs> um, That's too okay. damn goofy. Plus, he got right, moving on. Uh, moving on um we have to get us, what's good. our first trial what's our first trial so the, the rest of the greek ships have sailed hercules is off to atlantis well, the, ajax the first... hubris and mycucci are all walking along the coast trying to get to atlantis what do they come across well they must find transport is the problem and i think what what okay. what will have them do is perhaps con a group of pirates out of their boat ah this is the hitchhiking the hitchhiking part, as you as it as it was, and and I wasn't thinking about it, but kind of cabin boyish too. Like you know, that's that's good. Let's get him on a boat. Pause for a second. Rewind like ten minutes in the movie. I would love the scene at night when they're still debating if they're going to leave, and Ajax is like, "How are we even going to get there? We don't have boats." And Hubris is like, "Bro, I hitchhiked through Europe when I was in college. It's easy." And he's like, "What the fuck's Europe?" He's like, "Don't worry about that. What we have to do is like, you know, you just stick out your thumb, you take a coin, you know, no ass, no grass. We, you know, we just do it that way. Like, ass, grass, or catch." <laughs> Chortle. Chortle. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, I could really do this. Like, I could travel to Atlantis. I could be a great historian. Great. Now the next day we're traveling. They've got it. They end up walking most of the way. The hitchhiking isn't working out. Every time they stick their thumb out, they, you know, move out of the way, peck. Uh, and I like this. They come to like a fishing village maybe. And there's like some, some scurvy pirates or some just like shitty fishermen hanging around. And they're going to try to get a boat. Shitty fishermen is funnier. Okay. Shitty I fishermen like is, is funnier. Um, because then we're not doing the scene from, uh, cabin boy. We're doing, we're doing something different, right? Which is, um, the, the, the con job and, and, I, but I, I like that. They're just, just bumbling. I, I like that. They're like, um, we're not taking you unless you can fish. And Willani's like, I can fish, you know, who can't fish? <laughs> Fishing's easy. I've fished a million times. And they're like, well, we, 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 bring in, we bring in three tons of fish every summer. And he's like, 
oh, we have to catch something. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and it's, so they get hired on this horrible little fishing oh. crew. And okay. that, that gets them moving. And then so they're just going to go from like little group to little group to little group. That's your great. movie right there. And okay, it lets you put in tons of cameos. Okay, but we're going to do it in order. So cast that fisherman right now. Because I, I got the next piece of the puzzle after the fisherman. I think that's great. Oh, you, like, know, well, you know what we'll, you do? We'll do a little, we'll do a oh, little work. Oh, you know what you do is you do a nod to Cabin Boy and you put current day David Letterman in that role. With oh, the big I thought beard. you were going to say Chris Elliott. No, 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 no. David Letterman <laughs> with the big beard. You know, would you like to buy a monkey? And he's like, you guys want to, you guys going to fish? I'll take you. Yeah, to okay. Fish if you don't fish. Like, okay. So they agree to get on the boat on David Letterman's boat and uh gapocles or whatever gap <laughs> and uh they they head off into the water and their thought is we'll we'll do a little fishing and this will get us to atlantis but of course pirates attack and they're taken on board a pirate ship the pirate captain is played by paul f tompkins oh paul f tompkins very good okay all right and i i don't care what he does he's just on screen he's playing a grecian pirate i don't know what that character is i'm not even going to write the dialogue it's like, fine. I think he's probably going to do a Pirates of Penzance thing because he's Paul F. Tompkins, but we'll see. <laughs> he's fine. Have you have you ever seen in the in the uh, the extras for the Netflix uh, Mister Show uh, Redux thing that they did, where Paul F. Tompkins is just warming up the crowd, and you're like, this motherfucker could talk to anybody and make him laugh. <laughs> like he's just he's just great. So he's he's yeah. a very naturally funny dude. He's a naturally funny dude. Um, Oh god. Okay, so now so now they're on the pirate ship. They have no agency. Their stuff is taken away from them. They're down uh, in the hold. They're in the yeah, hold. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're going to be sold into slavery or something. And maybe that's the next scene. Like they they cr- or they crash on an island and we do Cersei from the Odyssey, right? I just that's like Hubris being it. like, "We're fine. We're so fine. We're so fucking fine." And Melanie's like, "We're in the hold. That's where they hold people. We're being well, held." Well, you know, like, being like very funny. Being like, uh, like, bro, I'm going to be the best slave. I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to lift so, I'm going to break so many fucking rocks. And it's like, you're, you're not going to have a choice. Do you know how <laughs> slavery works? Right. They're going to work you. That's very funny. That's good. No, if I, good. dude, I, I get, I get a little bit of creatine every morning. I'm going to be fucking shredded. This is how I lose this weight. Like, <laughs> My arms are going to fall off and I haven't started rowing yet. It's very good. It's funny. Okay. Well, do you want to do shipwreck? What's the next beat? Shipwreck I, is very Greek. We could have them shipwreck and wash up on like a, an enchantress's island or something. I was going to say it has to be an island, right? It has to be magical island, especially if we're doing a nod to like Clash of the Titans. We're doing Seven Voyages of Sinbad. I love the island with the magical creature on it. This is our Cyclops. This is our... Yeah, um, I mean, I, I like... I like have it. to... We have to take somebody like I'm not the biggest TJ Miller fan, but you have to take somebody like that and have them be 30 feet tall and in hilarious monster makeup. You know what I mean? Um, that's really like, funny. You you know you want to you really want to or you want like a herd of centaurs, right? You gotta you have to play with the mythological monster, right? You well, have okay. to that. Let's. Let's finish off the how did this get made triumvirate. What if they land on an island that's protected by a giant... Paul Shear. (laughs) Well, a giant claymation Paul Shear. 
And his his real life wife is his wife, who is June Diane Rayfield, who's playing like an enchantress. So this is Paul funny. Yeah, Paul Shear's like a like a horrible ogre. June Diane Rayfield looks radiant. She's for some reason married to like a flesh golem. Yeah, <laughs> and they're living on this island. They never leave the island. They're fo- they're always nipping at each other. They're the fucking odd couple living on the Grecian island. That's very funny. That's very, and there has to be some sort of like riddle of the Sphinx thing that they accomplish to get out of this. Okay, sort of, sure. Yeah, I like that. Right. Like the, the island is cursed, and they've been here for a thousand years, and people wash up, and like everything, like hubris, of course, thinks everything is fine. My coochie is like, hey, this is this place is fucking horrible. We got to get out of here. They figure out they're eating people, so they run away. They, we do like a chase through the jungle with monster Paul Shear, and they end up at the Garden of the Sphinx. And the whole the whole time though, we're cutting to like Manzukas like wrestling Neptune, you know, and and oh, you know, sure. yeah, slaying shipfuls of 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 just blood undead pirates right just like i that's gotta happen right that has to be the way the movie works is that we're constantly cutting back and forth between quote-unquote actual heroics even though it's comedy and i love all of that and pitifulness i i think that's a great framing and then finally they meet up see at the at the end yes that's quite good right but let's okay so let's get through this last challenge they find the sphinx sure and if do you have casting in mind i have i have someone i'd like to throw out but i have a i have another role for him in mind i don't want it to be john hodgman that's all i was gonna say i don't want it to be oh yeah two on the nose love john hodgman but way too on the nose i'm not as huge a fan but i like him i like him i just i don't want to do that i think it's funnier to have it be see i keep wanting to put english comedians in that i don't think american audiences would like like i think it'd be great to have like johnny vegas in that role you know johnny vegas if you don't, he's the guy in black books that plays Franz, a uh, landlord. I put the wool back for you. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. like that. Like I like that. That kind of. Do you do like a Ricky Gervais? Do you put like a Ricky Gervais in this movie? Ricky Gervais is very funny. That's a great Sphinx. Because you know he's. Gonna I think I think that's what you do with that, right? And he's he's very mouthy, and it lets him monologue, and it's kind of tedious. And he's very good at that sort of like deadpan anti comedy yeah. that still gets laughs, right? I was gonna suggest like Leslie Jones or somebody. That's a good one too. I really but like that. Feels, that, that feels like too small of a role for her, if I'm being honest. I think like again to use our phrase, like Ricky Gervais is your get. Like it's it's like you don't advertise that he's in the movie, and then when he shows up as the Sphinx, you're like, "Hey, it's Ricky Gervais!" Hey, it's Ricky Gervais. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I think oh, Leslie Leslie Jones is the captured princess is very funny. That's very funny, and it's totally against the type of like these totally vapid two dimensional like cardboard princesses they would do. Tiny like, little waitress. She's like she fucking doesn't fucking like being captured. She's like doesn't need a man mouth, to save her. Brassy as all fuck. I really yeah. like that too. That's funny. Well, that's good. That gives us some funny shit to cut to that's not our heroes. So we have Zookas beating people up. We can see Leslie Jones doing her shit in Atlantis. Um, I like, by the way, I, I wanted to put him in there. I feel like, if, again, if this were us, can can Kevin James be the shitty guy at Atlantis who has captured Leslie? 
like he gets so much shit for doing Paul B- Paul Blart, but like I can see like a fat jowly king of Atlantis. I don't know for some reason are, I just want to put him in there. I want to give the guy are, another shot. Are you sure you don't? Because it sounds like what you really want is Patton Oswalt. Well, okay, yeah. If you're just gonna go for like, I would. Yeah, that's very good. God damn it. I mean. I would rather see if we're doing our movie. I want Kevin James in there. If we're doing the movie that this has now become, it's Patton Oswalt. Okay, it's Patton Oswalt. And just so we don't get added, I want to retcon that Atlantis is not calling for aid. the 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 princess has been captured by Atlantis. Right. Patton Oswalt is the king of Atlantis. Oh, Brian po- Brian Posehn has captured the 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 princess. Brian Posehn. Yeah. You said no, Pat Pat Oswald is the king of Atlantis. Why not? What? Well, who's the captor? Who's your big bad? And if no, 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 no. What I'm saying is like let's let's retcon it and say Patton Oswald is the evil king of Atlantis. Oh, he I has captured you. the beautiful queen Leslie Jones, and is holding her in in Atlantis. So everyone's going to go fight. Oh, this is, oh, holy shit. I have a thing to add here now, too. Everyone's going to go capture her and save her. So we get lots of scenes of that. Meanwhile, Ajax and Hubris and Mikuchi are traveling, trying to get to Atlantis, thinking it's the battle of the century. And of course, when they arrive, the whole thing sinks into the ocean, as if to say, all of it was bullshit. It's pointless. It's pointless. Why are you fighting to save the queen? Why are you trying to be a hero? It's all just going to sink into the ocean. You should just be happy like our three heroes. Oh, what you're doing, what you're doing is actually a version of what's going to happen. Mulaney's going to start a monologue. He's like, this was all pointless. All life is futile. Life is suffering. (laughs) And then he goes, I should be writing this down. And he's, (laughs) and then he he becomes he becomes the great philosopher, right? He's the great cynical. Yeah, he becomes the first Epicurean. Where he's he is like, the, just, exactly. Just Everyone should and, just fuck and eat whatever they want and leave it because it's peace. all bullshit. It's all bullshit. That's roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> Can you imagine the beginning of this film? It's dark. You hear the single drum thump, and then you hear Mulaney go. In the time before the oceans drank Atlantis. Uh, briefly, briefly. In the time just before the oceans drank Atlantis. I'm just barely. You just barely. Like, it's good. It's very funny. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the only thing it's missing is after they solve Ricky Gervais's Riddle of the Sphinx, uh, we could even hand wave this. He could be like, I'll grant you passage to Atlantis. I'm going to send you straight there. They show up just as they're like, beginning the final siege and so you do actually get that scene of like them putting on the armor and getting ready to do it and like man zookas is giving the rousing brave heart speech right yes, and only yeah, the way that man zookas can you know yeah like while he eats a turkey leg like yeah of course um, yeah. And then, yeah, we get some shots of them like in the streets of Atlantis fighting and magic's happening and there's monsters and we bring a whole bunch of shit all back and then yeah, it sinks into the ocean and they wash up on shore like coughing. And uh, Hubris, of course, is like, that was great. Did you see how many people I killed? My coochie is like, man, my heart rate's through the roof. And, and then you have Mulaney going, it was pointless. None of it meant anything. Well, and I, I, think, I think another nice thing to do with a movie like this is that you do things like you throw a, a cameo to 
Harry Hamlin or Burgess Meredith, guys that were in those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. films. And it's it not even as like a wink to the audience, just like as a as like a love letter to the genre. For See, sure, those movies are what, great. What we've done is we've ended up doing like eighty percent comedy and twenty percent sword and sandal. And I think mm-hmm. the way that you even that ratio out a little bit is that you you do a you give the all of those action pieces. First of all, I think the world is really dirty and sad and not clean. Um, sure. Uh, and I and I think that you you do give little nods like that. I think there's claymation in it for claymation's sake. Yeah, um, but I like I like that idea. If you can work Harry Hamlin in, like, oh, absolutely, and like throw him in. In fact, you know, it'd be fun. Is like we haven't done anything with the gods, and I don't even know if it would be that fun to do. But like Harry Hamlin, like playing Mercury or something. Like they just run into a god at one point. Uh, or he could even play Zeus, like he's trying to turn into a cow so that he can fuck a lady or something. And he's just being no. gross and like not heroic, not square jawed. Like you know, what's funny is because I think this would make it a really interesting movie and something that would appeal to us and make it a Planet X ish film is if we do have the gods. They cut to the gods just like they do in Clash of the Titans. But sure. instead of having that be like a group of comedians to play off of each other, that's like old, yep. It's it's that's where you put um, your cameos. You put like we were talking about like oh I was yes. like I'm gonna put Mary Steenburgen in this movie. You put like the way that they would put like Lawrence Olivier in Clash of the Titans. You put your well, and good actor gets in these weird little god vignettes. But have have Lou Ferrigno as Mar or as oh as, absolutely uh, no as, yeah as Ares, no. right yeah have yeah. Harry Hamlin as Zeus like get the guys who were playing the sword and sandal movies but they're the pantheon watching and the whole time they're like what the fuck are these idiots doing what the hell is going on here they're, they are both the quote unquote Greek chorus and the straight men yes like they're the ones that are reacting to what's happening and being like they're fucking idiots like it's wonderful. Oh, that's so good. And, and yeah. I mean, and just to put a bow on it, like, I, I know we've done this a few times before, but if ever there was a film where you did the Elmer Bernstein, um, the Bernstein Animal House thing where it said, oh, we, for the first time ever, somebody took a comedy and scored it as a serious film. Like, this is the movie that begs for that, right? No wonky, jokey oh, yeah. music. No, Everything, no, no. Everything is big, lots of trumpets, lots of drums, lots like it's huge, loud, and uh, you know, just incredibly over the top. You know, just huge orchestra, right? Like that—that's what you want. You want that big, just ridiculously epic soundtrack. Fuck literally, yeah. epic soundtrack. That's what you want, and that's a movie. That is that's hitchhiking to Atlantis. That feels really goddamn good, dude. That was a great one. Thank you so much, Kelly, for sending in that suggestion. Kelly Merkin Nelson, a friend of the show and an excellent submitter of titles. And you, too, can be an excellent submitter of titles in many ways. You can go to our website, planetxcinema.com, hit the submit button. You can send us an email at uh, planetxcinema at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up at a live show. You can leave us a review on iTunes with a title in your review, we will guarantee you we will do it on the show. So get us a title. Be one of those people. Be a Kelly Merka Nelson. Be a Danny Edwards. Be a Ben Bellamy. 
be one of the heroes of your age. I urge you. I implore you. And do come out uh, February 22nd if you're in the South Texas area uh, to Kunstler Brewing in Southtown. Uh, we're showing The Giver. Uh, we'll be back uh, next month with The Gate. And then we're back in April with Hard Boiled. Every yep. final Friday at Kunstler Brewing in San Antonio, Texas. Always free. Uh, come down. Check it out. They, the screening started at 8 p.m., but you can find all the information on uh, planetxcinema.com. It's a great a string of screenings I feel like we've got coming up. I'm super excited. Um, and that means that we're also going to be doing now showing podcasts, which is where Drew and I uh, say all the stuff that we would normally say if we were hosting an actual movie screening. We take like an hour or so and do a little podcast about each movie we're showing. So watch next for the, the next week or so. Um, we're going to talk about the Giver on a podcast. We'll do one for the Gate and Hard Boiled. If you like doing weird deep dives and hearing tangential crap about movies, that's the special place we've made to do that. So you don't have to listen to us do it at the screenings. It works really well, and we hope that you will tune in. To- Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I want to give a special thanks to Brian Ahrens, who does our voiceover work at the top. If you're interested in voiceover work, uh, get in touch with him. Brian Ahrens, VO.com. And I really couldn't be happier to thank the band Pinko for the use of their track Oedipus Sex, which we use as our theme music. Pinko is a great band. You can find that track on their self-titled album. They are on Bandcamp. They have a lot of great music. I really implore you to check them out. I'm almost out of breath, so it only remains for me to ask my brother what his fucking name is. They call me Druicus Hicks. They call me Blair the Lesser. But the search for Planet X continues! <laughs> well done. Well done, sir. I do. Well, come on. We're better than Wimpiest. This is our movie, goddammit.